Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Mama Minute. I am your host, Kelly. And on Mama Minute, we stray away from our typical true crime stories for a minute to talk about something real going on around us, especially as moms, because sometimes as moms, we just need a minute. So this is the Mama Minute, episode four. Today, I wanted to talk about something that has been weighing on me hardcore as summer comes to an end. This was the first summer where I wasn't working a job away from home. So I've been at home with my two oldest who are about eight and nine years old every day this summer. And at the beginning of summer, I was so excited about all the fun things we were going to do. This was my first summer off with the kids. So I was like, this is going to be great. We just moved into a house that has a pool. So this was our first summer having a pool. And I thought, You know, we're going to be swimming every day. We're going to have friends over. It's going to be so fun. And it has been. Don't get me wrong. The first half of summer up to the 4th of July was a blast. Our friends were over almost every day. And then after the 4th, our friends started taking their summer vacations. And so we kind of just started seeing them a little less. And I don't know about you, but I always feel like the 4th of July is like the real end of summer because every day that comes after that just flies by and then it's back to school. But maybe that's just me. This is probably my own fault, so I will acknowledge that, but having so much going on in the first half of summer really set me up for failure during the second half because every day my kids would ask, what are we doing today? Can we have friends over today? What fun activity can we do today? And then there would be the dreaded soul-sucking phrase, I'm bored. It would send me into a mom rage. (laughs) Like by August, anytime I would hear it, I'd be like the next person who says I'm bored is getting grounded or some kind of punishment. I just, I don't want to hear it. You cannot possibly be bored in this house. So again, I acknowledge I kind of did this to myself because we did something almost every day the first half of summer. So then I bred this entitlement to do something fun, some sort of activity almost every day. But who did I think I was? I must have forgotten that I am human because now school starts next week and the minutes are dragging and I cannot wait for them to go back to school. Listen, I love my kids very much. I would give my life for them. I would take a bullet in a heartbeat for any three of them, but I need them to go back to school. The past couple weeks have gotten progressively more difficult. And at first I couldn't put my finger on why. I felt like, honestly, I kind of felt depressed and anxious And I didn't know what was making me feel that way. Like I take Zoloft, but even that didn't seem like it was really doing its job for a minute there. 
I found myself getting so irritable with my kids, snapping at them, losing my patience, feeling annoyed and needing space just to be alone and quiet. We have this staircase in our house that like you go up and then you turn around and you go up more. And on that little landing where you turn, I would just sit there. As I would try to like hide away from my kids as, as embarrassing as it is to admit. It became like my safe space because it was like, I just want to sit here and be quiet. Or in the off chance that I could be in my car alone, I would just drive with no music and just go soak up the little silence I knew I would get for that day. I used to see moms on Facebook sending their kids to these like week-long overnight camps where the kids couldn't even call you more than like one time a day, if that. And I would think to myself like, man, that's got to be so hard. I don't know if I could do that. And now I'm like, how many camps can I send my kids to next summer? (laughs) Like, get them out of here. I don't even know what clicked for me that made me realize that what I was experiencing was burnout. But when I looked up symptoms of mommy burnout. It's literally called mommy burnout. Here are several that stuck out to me that I've been experiencing. So last night I was Googling this and I started reading through them and I was like, holy shit, this is exactly what I'm going through. So I'm going to read these symptoms to you. Extreme mental fatigue or physical exhaustion, being short-tempered, feeling emotionally depleted, feeling disconnected or isolated from others, feeling mom guilt about behaviors, reactions, thoughts, or feelings, feeling parental guilt or like you're an inadequate parent, feeling anxious or overly focused on what comes next, experiencing mom rage, being hostile, or even having extreme emotional highs and lows, questioning life choices such as regretting having children, Entertaining escapist fantasies, which I want to touch on these last two for a second because I realize that they sound like, wow, that's like really hardcore. And I don't regret having children, but I would be lying if I didn't feel a little bit of envy anytime I saw a young person. Like we have this babysitter who will come to our house every now and then to help out with August, our baby, if we have something to do with the big kids. And sometimes I'd be like, man, she's so lucky she gets to go home and just be by herself. Like, I I hate even admitting that, but for like a fleeting moment, I would feel a little bit of jealousy there. And like, I mean, I would never give my kids back for anything, but I'm just being honest. And then entertaining escapist fantasies. So this is kind of funny, but real to me. So yesterday when I went to um, drop August off, I had the kids with me. We walked in and then I realized we walked into like the daycare and then I realized that I forgot a bag of clothes that I was donating to the daycare. So I was like, oh, kids, hang out in here for just a second. Let me run out and get that bag. As I'm walking in my car for a split second, I was like, I could just leave. I could just leave. (laughs) I could just leave. Like, what are they going to do? They'll just call me and be like, you forgot your two older kids. But for just like a split second. I was like, I could just leave. Um, So I'm guessing that's what that's referring to. Extreme feelings of never being good enough at home or at work. Felt that. Concerns that your children deserve someone better than you. I felt that. Disconnection from spouse or partner. I literally have used those words recently. I've told Austin, I just feel like I'm disconnected. 
from you. And it's because we're just so busy and distracted by everything else going on. And we usually do a good job of making time to go on dates, but without babysitters, that's just not going to happen. So, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to make that happen. It's hard to make that work. Social fatigue, preventing you from tapping support networks. I get that because sometimes I'm like, I just want to shut my phone off and I don't want to talk to anybody. So yeah, I, I definitely felt that. And then an inability to ask for support or state one's needs. I felt that a million times too, but I feel like that's partly who I am. I have a really hard time asking for help. I always feel like if I can't do it myself, then it won't get done. I don't know. I just, I have a really hard time asking for help. So anyway, after I read all these symptoms and I thought, holy cow, like I have felt every single one of these things in the past couple weeks and realizing that that's what I was going through, once I was able to put my finger on what was bothering me, it kind of felt like this weight was lifted. Every single symptom was something I'd been feeling. But then I felt guilty for even feeling this. So I wondered, like, does this make me an ungrateful mom for my kids? Like, does this make me a bad mom? Do other moms go through this? My mom personally struggled with addiction. And I've been pretty open about this, but she was an alcoholic. And growing up, I often felt like she drank because of us kids. Like that's what I thought. I thought that we were the reason. And drinking is ultimately what led to her death. And so I started getting worried about myself as a mother. Like, am I going to end up going down that same road? Am I missing traits of an excellent mother because maybe my mom wasn't the best one? Like, I mean, I can really spiral into some negative thoughts if I let myself. And when I'm stressed, I'm more vulnerable to those negative thoughts. And it's a lot harder to pump the brakes on them. And I feel like there's probably a lot of moms listening right now who can very much relate to that feeling of vulnerability and spiraling into these negative thoughts and irrational thoughts, thoughts we know aren't true. Like, I know that I am a good mom. I have great kids. But sometimes when you just get in that vulnerable state, You just feel so helpless that your mind just goes there. And it's really hard to pull yourself out. No one ever talks about it. All I ever see on social media are posts about how much moms just adore their kids and how great their lives are. And there's these pictures of everyone just dressed perfectly and everyone smiling. And I know what you're probably thinking. And even I have said it a million times. Social media is a facade for people to post their highlight reels. Rarely do we see moms publicly post about their struggles. I'm even in a mom group on Facebook, Mama's Talk. I'm sure some of you are a member of it too. I'm in this group, and more often than not, the posts that moms make about their struggles are anonymous. It's like they're embarrassed or they feel feel shame about feeling these normal things, these normal stressors, things that we all experience at some point. And it doesn't have to be like that. The thing is, I know I have a lot of moms who follow me and who relate to my posts and who listen to this podcast, and there have been times that I have debated posting less and leading a more private life, just for many reasons, but I know that when I share real shit, it is helping moms feel less alone. Even if it's just one mom that benefits from the things I openly share, good or bad, it's worth it to me to be real about it. 
There are moms out there that I even put, that even I put on a pedestal. And I think, you know, wow, they have it so together. I wish I could do that. But what I I know I don't see are the times that they're struggling to keep it all together or they're crying alone in their bathroom so their, their kids don't see. I had a friend text me recently to tell me that she was struggling. I had no idea because I thought she had it all together all the time. This is a mom I have looked up to, that I have compared myself to and tried to emulate, and she's texting me saying she's struggling. So I have news for us. None of us have it all together. We all struggle in some way or another, at one point or another. Even the most seemingly put-together moms have bad days or days where they make mistakes and they feel mom guilt. Nobody is, is immune to this feeling. Even the, the, the Kate Middletons or whoever you put on, I don't know why Kate Middleton is just like someone I look up to. It's so random. Austin's like, who's Kate Middleton? I'm like, how do you not know? But anyway, even Kate Middleton, I'm sure, who I have put up on this super high pedestal, has had days of feeling mom guilt. I know it. I would bet a lot of money on it. Once you recognize that you too might be experiencing this, there are things that you can do to feel better. These aren't overnight fixes, so don't expect to just like snap your fingers and feel automatically better. You actually have to put work in to feel better, and nobody can do this work for you but you. And I know that's hard, but that is something that I have had to realize too. When I found myself in a rut, I was so desperately wanting out of it that I would, I was like desperate for a quick fix, thinking like, what am I missing? Is there like a pill I can take? <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just so desperate. But once I realized what I needed to do and I started doing them, I have started feeling a little bit better every day. So out of all the sources I found regarding mom burnout, my favorite was a website called choosingtherapy.com. And they have this great article on this topic with tons of resources. And I'll include the link in the show notes. But these are the ways they listed to deal with mom burnout. So number one. Know your risk factors. Identify your triggers. By knowing what they are, you can better prepare or equip yourself with coping skills when those stressors arise. Number two, stop comparing yourself. Remind yourself of what I said earlier, that social media is just a facade. Take a break from social media by deleting the app for a bit or creating a roadblock to it. If you realize that you spend a lot of time on Facebook comparing yourself to other moms or friends of yours, delete the app from your phone and only get on Facebook if you're on your computer or create a separate folder on your phone that's like far from your home screen and put the app in there so it's just a little bit harder to find. Creating a roadblock like this will make you less likely to open it every time you open your phone. Because I know for a lot of us, sometimes it's just kind of habit. Like it's almost like your thumb is just programmed to open apps. (laughs) So if you kind of create a roadblock, maybe you'll be less likely to open it. Number three, journal to track your mood. This is something that I don't do, but I'm going to start doing. Because studies show that journaling can reduce the frequency of intrusive depressive thoughts. And by prioritizing your fears or concerns, you can control your mood better and recognize what's triggering those thoughts. 
Journaling acts as a release. It keeps your memory sharp. It can also boost your mood. So go grab a cute journal at Target or TJ Maxx or even Michael's has some and get to writing. Number four, focus on the here and now and less about what's going to come next. Take each day, day by day, be mindful about being present and worrying less about what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow. Each day is a new, fresh start. It's a new change to have a fresh start. I often say that when I've had a really bad day, I just think tomorrow's a new day. And then I wake up and I tell myself today is a new day. It's a fresh start, a new chapter, new episode. Keep that mentality. Number five. Plan breaks for yourself, whether it's going to the gym or for a walk for an hour a day or taking a quiet bubble bath at night after the kids have gone to sleep or enjoying a morning cup of coffee interrupt, uninterrupted by, you know, by yourself out on your front porch or whatever. Just make an effort to carve out some time in your day when the kids aren't around, they're in another room or they're at school or they're asleep to just be by yourself for a moment. Number six reach out to a fellow mom friend. Having someone who can relate to what you're going through can make you feel so much less alone. So don't be afraid to ask for help. I know that's hard. And if you have a friend who you think might be struggling with this sort of thing too, you know, we're at the end of summer, kids are about to go back back to school. I feel like a lot of moms, if not most of us, are struggling with this right now. So reach out to a friend, let them know you're thinking of them, send them $5 via Venmo for a cup of coffee, and just let them know you're thinking of them. It's like little things like that can have such a huge effect. Number seven, exercise. Again, this is a scientific method to boost your mood. Even if it's going for a walk with a stroller or doing some calisthenics in your living room, exercise is scientifically proven to boost your mood and help relieve stress. And according to the American Psychological Association, usually within five minutes after moderate exercise, you get a mood enhancement effect. So there is science behind this. Get your body moving if you can. Number eight is sleep. I know for a lot of us, it's habit to scroll your phone while you're laying in bed, but the bright light of your screen stimulates your brain and it can make it harder for you to fall asleep. So this is something that I do. I set a time to put my phone down and leave it down so that I can actually fall asleep and get some sleep. And listen, I have an eight-month-old baby, and he wakes up at like four o'clock every day, every morning for me to change and feed him, and he goes back to sleep. So like, I get it. Getting woken up in the middle of the night is hard. It it affects your sleep, but having a supportive partner, if you have one, to kind of help out after bedtime so that maybe you can go to sleep a little bit earlier or whatever it takes to get some good sleep, just try to make that work. Number nine. Designate different spaces for different activities. So I'm actually going to quote this one directly from the website because I never really thought of this, but it makes so much sense. So on the website, choosingtherapy.com, it says, quote, because of the pandemic, many moms are living, parenting, working, and exercising all in the same place. If space allows, attempt to segment when and where you engage in certain activities, such as not working in bed or in the kitchen where you prepare meals. Create physical spaces that will allow for you to transition more readily from role to role, removing the pressure of having to multitask at all times, end quote. So 
And that makes such good sense because I have a really hard time working on the podcast when I'm in my living room because all I can think about are the dishes that need to be done or the laundry that needs to be folded or the rooms that need to be cleaned or the vacuum lines that need to be put in the carpet because I'm psycho. So having an office space in my house that is designated for work is really helpful for me, but removing the pressures or the assignments that come with each room makes a lot of sense. I just never really thought about it. So number 10, join a group. And this does not have to be a mom group. In fact, I'd almost encourage something that doesn't revolve around motherhood, a running club, a book club, or a volunteering club. Something to help develop your identity outside of being a mother can help grow your self-esteem. I know so many stay-at-home moms whose biggest struggle is feeling like they don't have a sense of purpose as an adult or they're, they're lacking in adult conversation. And so creating a sense of self outside of being just a mom can really help with those feelings. And number 11, and most importantly, stop apologizing. If you had a friend come to you sharing that she was struggling with mom burnout, how would you treat her? With compassion and understanding. Give yourself that same grace. Recognize that you are not alone and that you are human. Stop apologizing for feeling human emotions. Be honest with yourself and be honest with your kids. They deserve to know that you are human too and that you aren't perfect. Nobody is. And sometimes I think it's important for them to see you not always 100% happy all the time because I think it's an, an important opportunity for you to teach them positive coping skills, that even mommies have bad days, but that we deal with those days in healthy ways. Lead by example. If you find yourself so deep in mommy burnout that you feel so depressed and have thoughts of harming yourself or your children, please seek professional help before it's too late. Help is there. Resources are there. You do not have to do this alone. If you don't want to meet with a therapist in person, you can find one online using sites like BetterHelp or OnlineTherapy.com. There's also an app called Headspace, which is a mindfulness meditation app, and it's pretty affordable. It offers a free trial, but it really gives you like these exercises to work through mindfulness and meditation. Honestly, I feel like everyone would benefit from therapy no matter what level they're at in their burnout or even just their life and mood in general. But if all of this is just so foreign to you and you can't relate to any of it, good for you. And I mean that, good for you. But don't you dare be one of those moms who makes a mom feel even more isolated for going through this stuff. If you're the type of mom who shames other moms by saying things like, oh, I've never felt that way. I adore my kids, implying that maybe other moms don't love their kids as much as you love yours. You are the worst type of mom friend. Most moms feel enough guilt as it is without you pouring your snarky salt all over it. So please don't be that person. If you have nothing supportive to say, just don't say anything. Just keep it to yourself. So that is all I have for today's Mama Minute. This has just been weighing heavy on me the past few weeks. I've been going through this myself, like I said, and I feel like now that I know what it is that's causing me these feelings, I have a better handle of powering through it and getting through it, and I know we will. School starts in six days. <laughs> we have a six-day countdown, counting down the minutes, literally. But if you are with me, 
You're not alone. I am not ashamed to say that this is what I'm experiencing right now. And I know that a lot of you out there are too. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a few days with a mama mystery episode. And if you found this episode to be helpful, please share it with a mom that maybe you think needs to hear it. Until next time. Bye.